listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead. With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Oh. Gore is love, baby. And out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that will gladly pay you Tuesday for a filet of fish today. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're getting musical for the entire month of May, and we start by heading to Poland to see what we can catch with 2015's The Lure. And whether or not you're a musical, murderous mermaid, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your fish hole. And of course, you can find us out sailing along on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and aquatic shenanigans. It's always Always curious where you're going to go with that, potentially, <laughs> whether we end up on a list or not. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, May 7th, Screenland Armor, we've got your genre needs taken care of indoors. And virtually. And now, outdoors again. Yes, you are correct, One Genius McGee. <laughs> and our I'm going to fuck it up again, starting oh. from scratch. <laughs> We're neither articulate or articulated, as it turns out. <laughs> but um, on that particular Friday, on May 7th, our latest Friday Night Fright is a film that I actually remember I skipped school to go see it. On a Friday, when it came out, all the way back in the early 90s. Really? I wasn't shopping smart, my friend. I was shopping... Shopping S-mart. And we are going, indeed, to medieval times with Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. Which audition, Which edition is this? <laughs> That's a very good question. This is, <laughs> this is, I believe, Greg bought this on the fourth reprint, potentially, with... Three minutes of added footage or three minutes of special features. Mm -hmm. They just kept 20 more seconds of Bruce Campbell's chin. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm good with sure. that. I'm yeah. good with that. No, this is definitely the capper of the Evil Dead trilogy. This is a film that is adored by many. I fucking love this movie. Army of Darkness is great. Sally Faw. Sally Faw. Hey, then you can even do a double feature with uh, the last matinee. I'm blind. I'm blind. Blech. That's exactly what I was thinking of when I was even putting in my notes. Just that correlation between Last Matinee and Army of Darkness. But I do want to tell you a real quick antidote about what happened on our last Friday Night Fright, where we had the opportunity to screen Tobey Hooper's 1986 classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Dog will hunt! Dog did hunt, because we had a decent turnout, and probably 50% of the people there... We're seeing it for the first time. Part two is wild. And seeing it for the first time on the big screen, we were in theater one. I was very lucky because I was doing peripheral viewing, of course, because there were, uh, there were three dudes sitting next to me. Two of them seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two for their first time. And I more than any just wanted to see how they would react to the absurdity of everything. Mm -hmm. 
But we what we forget technically is there's a great jump scare in this movie. There's a couple of good ones, but there's one that's phenomenal. Even though I've seen it a million times, it's like the blood test in the thing. Even though I know it's coming, it still gets me. You're every still gonna go time. Ah! Yeah, and it was during the siege on the record on the um the the record uh Jesus Christ the radio station mm-hmm. where Leatherface jumps basically comes out of the the room from pitch black just nowhere yeah that's a great jump scare my man next to me jumped out of his seat when that hit <laughs> and I had to. S- basically keep down a genius McGee-esque laugh because <laughs> I was so happy that they reacted that way that this absurd, silly, over-the-top, darkly comedic movie can still scare you. Mm-hmm. And seeing it, I think, on the big screen, super loud, contributed to that. Yeah. So to the to the bevy of gentlemen sitting next to me, I even told them afterwards, like, you made my night with that. It was incredible. So hopefully you will all come out for Friday Night Frights potentially jump out at a jump-scared Army of Darkness or many or any of the films that we're showing. But that weekend, we do have some other indoor genre goodness, including what is going to be a first-time watch for me. And a total I've seen that, but John Waters' Serial Mom. I, I can't wait for you to see this. You are going to fucking love it. This movie is messed up in all the right ways. It is... Like leave it to Beaver on acid. It's nuts. I love John Waters stuff. I think a he's Baltimore fantastic. leave it to Beaver. I'm mm-hmm. all for. Yeah, and and I th- Kathleen Turner just dropping C bombs and just F bombs and fucking killing some killing one of her neighbors while the, she's singing the sun will come out tomorrow with the turkey leg. It's it's batshit bananas. The only thing this movie's missing was Divine, right? Other than that, this is I think prime sadly waters. Divine had passed by mm-hmm. then, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Divine, I mean, yeah, Divine, it wasn't really a John Waters film until Divine showed up. Right. So I will know not to expect that, but I am really anxious to see that. Oh, it's wonderful. And then, of course, following up last week's uh, The Lord of the Ring, The Fellowship of the Rings, they're doing a new 4K scan with the uh, Stephen Colbert Q&A afterwards, The Lord of the Rings. The Two Towers. Ooh. And of course, next week, following up with The Return of the King. I have not watched those films in the theater. Since the theater. Yes. Yeah. And But I remember specifically, for those three years, Christmas and December were phenomenal. For Lord could, of the Rings. It was time for Lord of the Rings. Yep. Oh, that was wonderful. I remember it was my brother, my mom, me, and a friend of our families. And we were at Omaha. And we went to watch that movie at their Cineplex. I forgot what the fuck it was called. Sure. Right? But after the chase underground with the trolls and the barlog, fucking I was exhausted. And I go, like, what'd you think? Like, that movie was too much. They didn't, <laughs> like, my mom and her friend and our friend didn't like it because it was just a lot. It and is so a lot. I was like, fuck yeah, Two Towers, when it came out. Oh, I remember. Oh, man. Seen it as a midnight screening, uh, The Fellowship of the Rings, so didn't get home till like 3.30 or 4, but was so pumped because I was ready to continue the adventure because mm-hmm. I didn't read the books. I didn't watch the Bakshi, the Ralph Bakshi animated I did. thing. Did you? Okay. I did. And so actually we watched it a lot because whenever it would rain in elementary school, we'd have to stay in and watch movies. There was only a handful of movies. Unless somebody happened to have a, a G-rated movie in their, right. back, in their backpack which sometimes I did because it was me, right? Then, like, 
we would only there would only be certain ones to watch. It was fortunately one of them was Willy Wonka, which is one of oh, my wow. all time favorites. So it's yeah. fine. Oh yeah. Um, another one was the Lord of the Rings, and another one was some bullshit like after school special that I didn't care about. That's the one we talked to our friends over. Gotcha. It wasn't one with Helen Hunt, correct? Yeah. No, okay. no. I wish. I wish. That is fair. That is fair. Now, of course, those are the genre goods that are going on indoors. Outdoors, we've got some goodies as well. On Friday night, and this is also technically, and I've seen that, even though I adore the source material, you can check out Mamma Mia on Friday night outdoors. I didn't mind it. Okay. I, I didn't mind it. And I, I know you love some ABBA. I love ABBA. I love, And I love musicals. Uh, and so I was like, all right. I, I saw this thing in the theater, right? So I was like, I'll check it out, right? It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It what is it? Pierce Bronson's in it. Mm-hmm. It's got Colin um, Firth. Okay, Meryl Streep, Amanda Siegfried. It's got like I I'm, I may have to sit in on this one just to get it cross it off my list off the musical list. It's not bad. Okay, okay. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Well, then the following night, what some argue is the best Star Trek movie that has ever been screened, but it's technically not a Star Trek film. We're screening Galaxy Quest. <laughs> By grab Thor's hammer, I I, I will <laughs> avenge thee. Yes, I have not watched that in a while, but every time I watch it, I just adore it even more. Mm-hmm. Beyond the pre- the presence uh, presence of one Tim Allen, the last time I saw it was on TV. It was on like the like the, one of the wonderful world of Disney's, one of the newer ones. They still show and shit yeah. like family ABC Family Night or something. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. It's very charming, and it's basic. It is a love letter to all the Star Trek fans out there. You will help save us. <laughs> that's pretty darn good. <laughs> I'm gonna take these glasses off and see you as you are. And uh, that that's technically a little squiddly diddly in that film as well. A lot of squiddly diddly in that one, actually, dude. There's a lot of squiddly diddly. <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Missy Pyle, Squiddly Diddly. Oh my God, Sam Rockwell in that film as Guy. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's the first appearance of Rain Wilson on screen. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good he's Lord. one of the, he's one of the aliens, and it's got what Justin Long is in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got it's just, got an all star cast. It's kind of crazy. So check all that out outdoors, and of course indoors as well. ScreenlandOnline.com. They can take care of you virtually, and if you would like to sing a little bit more of our praises, it's really easy. You just have to head over to Patreon. Hey, Pallies. And God help us. Okay, I'm glad you veered a little bit away from Bronson because I think Bronson has really been really overshadowing everything on the show here recently. He's a, It's musical Bronson. Did Bronson do anything musical? Mm. I don't think... Beyond being named Harmonica... And once upon a time in the West, right? That's about as musical as I think it gets with Bronson. It wasn't like a paint your wagon thing. Where <laughs> no, it is not. I'm Lee Marvin. Charlie, get your gun. Chucky, get your gun. Hey, why? You know what? It'd be hilarious. Even though Bronson's all like, "Hey, I'm gonna go do this." When he he's, he pulls a Jim Neighbors or Gomer Pyle, he's got a when he's singing, singing like, voice, and now Charlie, now I'm gonna sing Ave Maria. It's all <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah. And if, if that's just a sampling of the dulcet tones, not of Charles Bronson, but of Genius McGee, and in the month of May. I've been looking so forward to this month, dude. I've been looking so forward to this month. Our commentary is actually going to be a sing-along commentary 
for we are going to be commenting on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. and that can be part of our uh, another time tier. And of course, we have a tiers for many of fears. But if you would like to join our film family and have access to that, and of course, sing along with us, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, don't dream it, be it. Oh, I, I can't mean, wait. Quite literally, I can't wait. Well, and you know, it's not even just that. It's just a chance to get to talk about musicals because I genuinely enjoy musicals. Well, this is something we've been sitting on from the beginning of the year. We have been putting together monthly themes for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And year. we realized that in the month of May, whether it is a May, you know, a, a month of musicals, musicals, uh, whatever you want to say, there's actually quite a few horror-based musicals mm-hmm. in the genre, which is kind of incredible. Which is kind of wonderful. It is. Well, I, before we even get into horror musicals, let's just talk musicals uh-huh. in general. Uh-huh. And something you probably wouldn't assume a horror podcast would delve into, but it is our podcast. And right. We, do, we won't. We love musicals, both <laughs> yeah. you and I. That was uh-huh. kind of a shared experience when we were kind of the formation of our friendship. Not only was it built around horror, but all sorts of things. And were you a theater kid in oh, high school? Oh, big surprise. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was a theater kid, not in just in high school. I was a theater kid in elementary school, like on the school plays and shit. I was always be like, "Ooh, I want to be in it! I want to be in it! I want to be in it! I want to be in it!" I remember one of my favorite ones was one called Santa Claus and the Three Scrooges, and it was like so, like one of those bullshit ones. I played one of the Scrooges named Mo, right? Who was like a da, 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 right? And so here we are, a bunch of five-year-olds. I remember one of the songs. We're Annie and Manny and Mo. People hate us wherever we go. Hiss hiss. And so <laughs> Genius is their leader. Oh, how was it? No, I was the I was the big dumb lummox. I I was the one who actually loved Christmas, but like oh, couldn't like tell anybody because I was the, always the one that was like. Come on, you child ahead, getting the one pulled and dragged. And that was like fucking first, second grade. So like I've been the chart was set early on and you've just maintained on that particular course. Oh yeah. I fucking middle school, I was in the school plays and I fucking emceed the senior talent show. And of course so- you did. Of course <laughs> you did. See, and that's just you are a natural showman. You are one of those individuals when you emcee some of the burlesque stuff here. I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna say that you're the best part of it, but man, you keep it very entertaining. You know, you know how to work a crowd, how to keep them engaged, and I probably that probably has to come from the plays and the theater background. But of course, if anyone knows Genius McGee, you're a pretty natural, just you know, person in that vein. Oh, as it oh, is. Oh, that's a spotlight. Wait, I and mean, it's right there. Oh, oh, oh let me just let me just stand over here. You sashay into the spotlight, my friend. You don't even just like stumble into it. It is just all carefully calculated, but it's it's perfect. And you've always been a very bombastic person. And even in like karaoke, you know, there are certain set songs that you can belt out like nobody's business. That pretty much make everything you're involved in very musical which is kind of rad i one thing that has always fascinated me about musicals is i always kind of in the back of my mind wished musicals would blend into reality like how we're going to talk about later but like 
you know, if you're singing this song in your head and you're walking down the street, like how like I've always kind of wished like other people would join in and like you know like that 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 a big production number or if I'm like this job sucks da 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 and I'm placing things on and all the like down on Skid Row you know some shit like that of like, course that would be wonderful if that happened one day like flash mobs I don't. I love the idea of flash mobs, but I don't like the practicum of flash mobs. It's 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 because we're old. It just sounds, you know, it's one of those youthful things. But again, right. you appreciate it, so you know it's in the vein of all that because it's still performing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I admit, I'm also one of those guys where if I cross the street, I would like a crossing guard to say, hey, hey there, come up to me, and then gives me a musical ticket somehow. Yeah. You know, And then, of course, like you said, everyone joins in. All these strangers are dancing. They're doing I think these... I'll go for a walk outside. The sun shines calling my name. You know, your next time you're taking Charlie for a walk, I think I'll oh, go goodness. for a walk outside. <laughs> the neighbors are coming out. Hello, Charlie! Right? <laughs> Fuck. Or one day when it's rainy and Charlie can't go out. Cheer up, Charlie. Don't you feel blue? I need to have you on retainer for when these <laughs> things happen, my friend. My goodness. I feel like I'm doing like my own little personal karaoke jukebox. It's like, oh, what do we want to do now? And, you know, can can you throw, ooh, can you do um, a little, let's see here. What's a classic one? Um, I, I once, one of my, uh, I am the very model of a modern major general of an analogy animal and vegetable and mineral. And, uh, I can quote the in England. And can quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. I need, my God, I need like a bouquet of flowers to give to you here. <laughs> this is phenomenal. I didn't realize we were going to go into this territory. Man, the Rocky Horror commentary is going to be a lot of fun. Right? I have a feeling. I should have saved that for the like, well, surprise. <laughs> it's funny because like I grew up on, and I get Greece, Greece too. Fucking hate Greece. Uh, but Greece, I'm in the same boat. Greece is the gateway for me to Greece too. I will stand f- just tall and proud for Greece too. That's going to be the hill I die on. But like Les Mis, um, I remember when I was in high school, my buddy Kinger invited me to go to see Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the last performances by Michael Crawford back Ooh. in the day. Problem was though. That's prime Weber days. Very prime. I'm talking yeah. like Apex but I didn't appreciate it because I think seeing it firsthand, being in my ill-fitting suit at the time, I was like, this is stupid. You know, I didn't appreciate it. And I, so much of that was lost on me as a kid. You know, although I appreciated Grease too and I enjoyed it, I didn't just know that, dude, you're seeing like one of the masters, you know, do that dun, 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 and all of that. And when the, the chandelier fell, I was like, eh, you know. That's cool. Just so mm. much wasted. So much wasted. But thankfully, I've been able, because I was exposed to it, it planted that seed early on. And as I got older, I would appreciate it more and more to the point where I would seek those out Mm -hmm. and go out of my way to see something. Um, I remember when we started seeing, like, Evil Dead the musical. Yeah. Reanimator the musical. These off-Broadway, you know, things that are traveling and making their way around. So the fact that, again, horror, the horror genre and the musical genre can coexist, and not only do they coexist... They work really well together. It's chocolate and peanut butter. It really is. It's chocolate it and peanut really butter. is. That's the one great thing I love about horror: how it can like, like a good virus can infiltrate any genre and make it its own. And who would have thought horror musicals 
I mean, they're relatively new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would I would say within the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is probably one of the ones that really kicked it off. Um, but and that was in itself a love letter to the old 50s and 60s. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's been adoration for all this. But what we wanted to do throughout the month of May is not only explore some of these films, of which some I'm going to be watching for the first time. I know some you're going to be watching for the first time. But we want to kind of put together a little musical checklist of certain things that we would like to see if they exist in all these particular films. And the first one, and you already, we already talked about it, how how the real world is invaded by the choreography right. and the music. So if that ends up happening in a film, to me, that's a musical. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking for that. Um, I've noticed on a lot of musicals, there's a lot of lovelorn couples or uh, mismatched uh, you know, lovers out there where kind of the Romeo and Juliet The star-crossed thing. lovers. Very much so. And then also individual songs. For characters, you know the the mm-hmm. love song. The mm-hmm. There has to have a, there has to be a love song for a music, or at least like a good, hey, we're in this together song. If not necessarily love, would there be expositional songs as well? Not yes, yes, okay. there would be, um, and there has to be in any good musical, there has to be a villain song. A villain song. There has to be a good villain song, and there has to be a good like. Dower song. You do need a little... I think with most musicals, you're going to get the dourness mm-hmm. regardless. And what is kind of dour is actually the very first film that we're looking at here from 2015, uh, International, which is even better. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we... The fact that we're going international right for at our the horror musicals. around the world. It's perfect. And it just mm-hmm. shows you how expansive it is. Uh, this is a film that I know you and I, for the first time, we were lucky enough to see it in the theater. Right. Uh, this was part of Film Club. Way, Way back in the day. I mean, it was long enough that I was still co-hosting with you. So that tells you how long ago it was. And I do specifically remember, though, the picture we took before it started. We were all kind of laid out with our little, little fish out. things and everything. Fish tails going on. But it was great was, you know, Film Club was designed to bring about these interesting genre films that are pretty much new for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, to explore and talk about. And I know we kicked things off with um, the Moe Brothers headshot. This was within the first three or four, was it not? I believe so. I believe it was in the first three or four ones. Um, And what a way to set a precedence. It really did, because what was funny was, I remember specifically, we had some walkouts during our screening of The Lure. And I'm pretty sure it was probably some normies that just happened to come in. Oh, what's this? A musical? Oh, about mermaids? Wow. Yeah. I, I love, uh, you know, Disney. This is going to be perfect. I, I want to be where the movies are. I want to see, want to see some action. And like little do they know, they're walking in on a foreign film. I think it's a combination of the fact that it's a foreign film, yep. subtitled. Yep. And it's got... a. At the beginning, it's for being a movie. The, the first five minutes has a interesting shot involving a fish vagina. It's a very chaste movie. After that, there's nudity, mm-hmm. but it's and it's there's sexual topics. But like this, to me, is more of a coming of age film in many ways. In fact, when I was rewatching it, you know what it would pair really interesting with hmm. Ginger Snaps. Yeah, I could see that. Just in terms of especially body dysmorphia 
Mm-hmm. Um, just again, um, changing, getting older, uh, just all of those things come into play. And the one thing, and I have not watched this movie since that theatrical experience. Yeah. And I remember really enjoying it. I remember the walkout. I I didn't remember it being so sad and dour. It's a fucking, it's a fucking dour movie. This is more of the original Little Mermaid tale, mm-hmm. where she does fall in love With, and trades uh, her. Was boy. it Hans Christian Andersen? I think yeah, I believe it was Hans Christian Andersen or the Grim Fairy Tales, because this one is pretty fucking grim. This one is the Little. I I said it for our nerd knowledge at the last game of games. It's. If Goldfrapp decided to remake The Little Mermaid, but also mixed in some of the script of Requiem for a Dream. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's, that's what this movie is. It's a dark fucking fairy tale with like a lot of interesting subjects, a lot of great fucking music, but it's yes. also horror because there's some dark shit and it's dealing with sirens, like man-eating sirens. Well, and this is something that you know we've been we've been reading about forever. Mm-hmm. The the song the, the the song of the siren, the ones that pull you in. Uh, is this the sweet sound that calls the, the young, young sailors? sailors? Kermit was singing about these things, and there's Grimshaw about it, and they're not necessarily depicted as good creatures. They're deceivers. Mm-hmm. They they look normal up top, and then you know, fishy on the bottom. What is it in Futurama? I wish I had one of them that was a fish on top and the woman part on the bottom. <laughs> and then it walks the same God place. help us. <laughs> and because as you mentioned, this movie is it's it is chaste, even though there's a lot of nudity. Um, it's not titillating, but there's moments that's all about the awkwardness of just being in love. In fact, of ch- literally changing yourself. Mm-hmm. For someone. Yeah. You know, going against who you are. Yeah. And just some profound stuff on top of all the gore involved with the fact that these are heart-eating, man-eating mermaids. Yeah. Singing happy songs until you read the lyrics. Oh, this is one of my favorite things where most pop music is so sad because it's got a good beat, mm-hmm. but the content and the lyrical co- and the lyrics are what really throw you off. Yeah, and the same thing with this. Uh, and the fact that the fact that within the first five minutes, not only are we introduced to mermaids, but it's just a given for most folk. You know, I don't know if it's a freaky nightclub or wherever they're at because it is set in the eighties. Uh, it is in Poland, and people are just like, "Cool, mermaids in the act. Let's do it." Yeah, I wouldn't say it's set in the eighties. I'd go more. I'd say more. It's. Uh... 90s. Okay, are you going more 90s? Especially with the colors and because they go to the mall and do a lot of shopping. It might be like today, but I don't know what it is in that in Poland there, you know? That's true. They, that's it, true. There's there a lot of cultural context. <laughs> but they're not the only creatures that live amongst everybody. Everybody wants to go and see the singing mermaids and everybody's cool about it. But meanwhile, downtown, there's a punk band being led by a former minotaur so it's like well so you mentioned that it's very much a fairy tale and we and this is a world very much set in with the with the with the um um the, oh my god um the the the, the wild the fantastic oh, is part of the mm-hmm. everyday life where it's just it's for you're, you're just you yeah, it's a given that you're going to encounter um you know a former minotaur or a mermaid um monsters exist in this world 
shit, I'm surprised we didn't get like other musical monsters potentially. But they're more underground. They're not like walking among. They're walking amongst us, but they're not like, hey, I'm a mermaid. You they know? have it's the trench like, coat oh, on. Oh, yeah. you know. And even the in and then again, it's also like the coming of age with the mermaids, but it's also like. A, a story about like the CD underbelly of the entertainment business because what's the first thing once they capture that once they actually they didn't even capture the like the first one they were mean like hey come with me we promise we won't eat you eat you eat you eat you eat you eat you and I remember the first time I'm watching this I'm like oh my this is a great like what kind of film are we in for are you right? kidding me this is perfect and next thing you know they're part of the band they're just taken in they're just part of the band I'm like hey let's leave them let's show the boss. And like, check this out. Blip, blip. So I'm pretty sure in the midst of when they uh, disrobe and we're seeing almost like uh, angels in Kevin Smith's Mm -hmm. dogma where they don't have genitalia. And he's literally parading them and he's just showing like, no, bend over. He's like, no, you're good. There's no, no, nothing. Nothing. And just and it feels it's 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 discerning. I mean, it's off putting. There's mm-hmm. like some cognitive dissonance going in real hard there. Going because there's ah. like that like you want to be a star, don't you? Vibe going on very well. And you talked about it, the seedy underbelly of all the entertainment business and the stuff that goes on back there. Because these are mermaids in an adult cabaret nightclub. It's an adult club, but not like you know strippers. It's more like along the lines of like adult. Cabaret, yeah. like yes, it's with it's, a with a house band and acts and like all that. It's very it's set up already. It's established. I would love to go to a place like that. Well, even that initial tracking shot that just sets up the entirety of the club. I lo- I wrote that. I love it. And everybody's Everyone's dancing, dancing and everybody. And as they're they're close to the sirens, you're singing. And you hear the music and they're singing Donna Summer's "I Feel Love." I love that song for the. Mo- I love Donna Summer, right? <laughs> but. <laughs> But meanwhile, that cool trend, the, the cooks are just cooking away, and I'm like, this is a musical. It, yes. it, this is fully a musical. And it basically establishes that, yeah, and it, it's we're going to add some weird stuff into here, and you've just got this wonderful family band. Um, kind of actually reminded me of the Tobias Funke family band. Yeah. <laughs> um, just that, but it is a family affair, and they incorporate them in there. They put them into the act, and I mean, it's just happenstance it just happened it just Mm -hmm. you just go with it and they're an instant hit and it makes sense because they're sirens oh yeah their whole job is to sing and lure people right so they're like okay cool it and they they want to be a part they have a whole musical number how they want to be a part of the big city and and be in the entertainment business and shit and that entire montage the shopping montage at the mall and everything definitely check check the little checks that one off the checklist because everyone in there Mm -hmm. is helping them and doing it and it's a catchy little bit as well um the combination of original material uh, of what the band is doing versus you know the people that are providing the music, kind of eclectic and diverse. Uh, ba- Baaldi and Romanzi are the two leaders of Corky Dansugu, and which is translation in Polish, which I just probably butchered the fuck it out of it, is Daughters of Dance. It works. It works, and I would say, uh, directed by Angie Smolenska. I butchered that one as well. <laughs> Her directorial debut. This is so striking visually. It's beautiful. It's it's just bathed in neon, and the the, the colors they just pop off the screen. And then you add the music on top of that, mm-hmm. which gives it kind of a nuanced flavor in many ways. And that's the thing. Much like a fish dish, this is not going to be for everyone. 
Well, but but going back to the the, the the aspect and the beauty of it, it is bathed in, there's almost two. It's bathed in neon and the colors are bright when it's in the nightclub. But when they're at home and when they're letting their emotions out, it's very muted and subdued. Like when she's singing in the bathtub. But even then it's gorgeous because the bathtub is that shade of aqua blue and mm-hmm. green and everything's dark and dingy. And she's just sitting there. It's the shot they used on the poster yep. where she's just sitting there with the water and she's got her fangs out and that six foot long. That thing was actually six feet fucking long. Their tail. The tails. Those were crazy impressive in me. Well, they, they did a very nice practical meld of the practical and the CG mm-hmm. and how they can complement each other. Because, yeah, the, 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 the lesbian scene, when she's literally licking... The, the texture the, of the this, tail and this yeah. oh I mean it just it 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 was there it's there and so that that in itself works for like when they full on mermaid out and like feast on hearts and tear out throats mm-hmm. they're pretty terrifying it's violent and gory like the car attack like from Jurassic Park yes and then she comes out and she's trying to like kind of salamander it's, her way to the water. It was un- it was unnerving, and I'd forgotten about that. And the fact that that actually plays in the background of then the news gets wind of it. It's like oh, we've got these things going on, and then the the the, the dichotomy between um, honey and silver is just gold. No, gold and silver. I'm sorry. It it worked because you've got one that very much longs to be in the real world, and yeah. she's you know she will she's willing to trade who she is to be with somebody. And who doesn't want to be with her because she's not a hundred percent human, Mm-mm. you know, and or genuine, and she is genuine. Meanwhile, you have Silver, who, um, no, I'm sorry, Golden, who wants. I keep thinking because Golden the, has, Golden has the golden. She, Silver she, has the golden hair, and the brunette is played Golden. So it's like okay, it's the, yeah. I would have switched it, but either way, it's not my movie. So but <laughs> it's just a little confusing. So, <laughs> Silver, no, I'm sorry, Golden, she's the one, like, really fighting your animal urges because she's like, I could probably take out every single person in this room right now, but I want to sing with my sister, mm-hmm. and I, but I want to sing my way, and I want to do what I want to do and not stay on land, and I want to be a mermaid, basically. She's not denying who she is. Right. She has embraced it. This is who I am. This is who we are. Why are you changing and just... I mean, literally changing that entire sequence is haunting. Yeah. When you see her laid out on the ice, you see the corpse laid out next to her on the ice, already split in half, and she's just got that sad song. The worst part about that scene, the one that, like, the part that the nail in the coffin, then I was like, oh my God, was before when they were talking, they're like, oh, it's going to, it's just superstition. But if you lose your tail, you'll lose your voice. No, I'm not going to, that's, that's, that's that's fairy tales, and I'm like, you guys are singing mermaids, and you're talking about superstition. If, but all right, carry on. And they're singing that sad song, and then right in the middle, she's like, and her voice is gone. I was like, damn, ouch, ouch. And it's kind of like one of those sad, sad songs that has like a glimmer of hope, like maybe things will be all right. But as she loses her voice, you're like. Fuck, oh, it's, this is a sad film. I've forgotten how truly sad it is, but I think, like you mentioned, with a fairy tale, how many of those have happy endings? Right, you especially know, the old G ones. Yeah, no, they're designed to make you feel bad, 
to make you learn a lesson. In this case, it is don't change yourself for someone, right? Especially someone that is fleeting, especially especially when you're younger. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that really stuck with me is the fact that especially I, with musicians. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you kidding? With the floppy hair, you know, you're that <laughs> string bean looking bass player, dude. Of course, of course, you get smitten with him. I kind of got smitten with him for you know a little while there. But it's like, but it's you know when you're younger, you can get you know just infatuated with things, and because it is so fleeting, and because you don't understand the permanence of actions like that, they have consequences. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's got the scar. And when they initially go for coitus, and then it doesn't work out, and then there's the blood, and you just see the, re- the almost the instant regret and remorse on her. Yeah. Of what have I done? Because he's like, ew. I, and he even mentioned like, I, you know, you're just too much of an animal. You know, you just it's. Because he even mentioned she says, hey, how you want to be with me? And he goes, I'll never be with you because when I look at you, I'll always see a fish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, he's telling you. But at the same time, when you're young, and and again, I think another line in this, first of all, she shouldn't have changed who she is because she's a fucking mermaid, and that's fucking rad, right? <laughs> but, like, when he's talking to, they're talking to, I guess, the satyr or the minotaur or whatever mm-hmm. he used to be, he goes, you shouldn't fall in love with somebody here. This is their world. We're just vacationing. I, that idea of vacationing here, being almost like a tourist in this real world, and I think that can be representative representative of a number of things where you don't feel like you belong in this world. You do feel like you're a tourist in reality and normality. And I think that's the idea is to, to embrace what makes you weird because there is a culture out there for you. You will find your people, you know, be it your film family or just the pe- people that enjoy the things, same things that you do. You'll find your tribe, um, but you have to exist, though, in this world. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a tourist, whether you're vacationing, you have to be here. And it's adapting to that. But it's also... Ad- ad- adapting is not like permanence. Right. You know, it's always continuous. It's evolving. And, you know, you can evolve with someone, but to completely change who you are, it's it's rough. And to you, the core. And you see people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, shit, and I'm talking about young people. You see old people doing this all the time. And I, I you know, I'll be... So I'll be 45 this week when this episode releases, and maybe it's because I'm a little bit older now, but it it seems so foreign to me to change who I am for someone else. But if you would have caught me in my 20s when I had more of, I'm not going to call it libido, but, you know, just more of a drive to be social with shenanigans, maybe... You know, which is rough, and I'm sitting here preaching. No, I'm, but you know, you it's it's hard to say what you would and wouldn't do, especially if love gets involved, or even worse, lust yeah. gets involved. Yeah, and then just changes your your chemistry. It's one of those if I knew then what I know now type situations, or like what ifs and stuff. I don't know. Those are, those are always like wow. Interesting to think about, but then again, you can't change it. Not, you no. shouldn't change. You should never change who you are for anybody else. You get, if you, you want to change for yourself, that's that's, that's one, one thing. thing. Yes. But if you want to change for somebody else, because I think she also, she kind of wanted to change. She wanted to be part of this world. I yeah. mean, she she wanted to be part of this world, right? There was a longing in the eyes. But then again, you got remorse. You know, I think it's a case of the grass is always greener type thing. And again, 
fairy tales are supposed to be cautionary warnings, uh, sage advice from elders, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's... It, but it's, at the same it's time, sad. it's fucking dour. I know, know, I know. Because nobody, none of the characters... Okay, so you had the one, I forgot what her name is, Sashi, the, the, the mother of the mm-hmm, group, mm-hmm. wanting to ad- adopt these women and, and make them her own. And, and, and she wanted to use it also to fame. And then you had the drummer who was clinging on to his old glory days and... That ended tragically, and then again, and then the ghost of alcoholism comes in and sings a song, you know, and like, well, everyone has a story, you know, everyone's got their their demons to bear, and none of it ends fucking happy. Not a single person gets anything good at the end of this journey. Not at all. No, no. Beyond maybe gold, golden. Just because yeah. she got to return to her home and do her thing. But she sans, Minus spoilers, yeah. sans her sister because she turned to seafoam. Oh, that, that entirety of the seafoam thing, of that mythology of, like you said, cut the tail, you lose your voice. If you if you kiss someone, then he marries, you know, yeah, someone. Yeah, if you fall in love with a human and he gets and he marries somebody else, yeah. you have to kill him before, uh, before the sun breaks on their wedding day. Or you'll turn into sea foam. There's a lot of weird rules you have to live when you're the Fey folk. I, you, you know, what? <laughs> maybe that's part of the uh, the just the, the the issues and the tension and the anxiety. Is it like when you go to another country, don't drink the water. If you do, it's, if don't offer to shake somebody's hand, you could be insulting them. You know, and just well, like all these different like rules. You are correct. It's cultural differences. It's the culture shock that goes on in there. But we've talked. 40 minutes here of, of the music, and I do want to sh- sample a few songs here if we can. Um, it's synth pop goodness. It's, it's party synth pop goodness. And that's the problem. It's like as dour as the film is, we're talking about all these serious issues and the text and the subtext and the metaphors. I'm still shaking around mm-hmm. because it is infectious, and that's what good music does yeah. for the most part. So this actually comes, a li- this is a little bit from the supermarket and the mall scene in the lure, now I'm gonna do my best here to uh, put the the music up. Just and again, this is all on YouTube. This is on Spotify. This is all available. You all can seek it out. But this is just a little bit of the goodness that we're talking about, and we'll do this all throughout the month. But this comes from the supermarket scene. Love that gradual build into the song. Freaking love that. If if I could sing along with it, if I I would probably would. But at the same time, when you listen again, when you listen to the lyrics, it's like that. I, I think the lyrics of that song will like I want to stay and live in this city even if it kills me or even something. Even if like it kills that. me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, again, put a pop beat behind it. You can just put the most dour things and make people sing along and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Now this also is uh, from it's this is the song Abracadabra, and this one I love. Paka, 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 paka. Oh, it's, this is the din 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 yes, the punk yes. rock one. It's a little bit of Where punk rock. Where it breaks rock. into orgy at the end. What's the password? 
Mermaids. <laughs> Here we go with this one. believe this is the song that we actually where the the critic comes and kind of engages with her yeah but there's so many wonderful tracks Mm -hmm. on this entire soundtrack and you just get lost in it and i think you're right i'm glad it's not in english because we would we would hear how truly sad it is it's mixed in with the foreign language it's it's all the songs are dour all the songs are bummer songs. It's all the, like fairy tales. There's like happiness and there's fairies and and like goodness, and but it all ends tragically and it's all dour underneath. But again, this is a really good movie. That's just it. It is a great movie. It's one that I've truly enjoyed. And I think if you are a fan of musicals and you enjoy horror. I think this is a great film to get into. Now, that being said, if you're not necessarily a fan of international films and you don't want to read subtitles, just deal with it. You're good. You can do this. It is worth your time. Mm-hmm. But no, this is one. I Now, let me ask you this. Based on the films that we're going to be talking about this month, would you consider this like a gateway horror musical film? No, absolutely okay. not. This is probably next level this advanced is, studies. This is super advanced studies. You have to be a fan of Horror. You have to be a fan of musicals, and you have to be a fan, or at least an appreciative, of um, foreign language films. This is true. Because if you aren't down with any of those things, this is not your movie. You're going to harumph your entire way. <laughs> and if you do that, then the mermaids will come and eat your heart out. Especially if you don't like like pop synth punk, you know? Because there's a lot of like pop synth in this. Mm-hmm. It's I personally dug the shit out of this movie. But again, I like musicals. I like horror. I I appreciate foreign films. Yep. So, but no, yeah, this is not a gateway. We're actually coming out the gate pretty advanced studies. That, I was just thinking about it. We probably could have like restructured this month potentially to ease our way into these. But no, <laughs> we're going to start off with a film that I just know both of us genuinely enjoyed. And I think probably because of the fact that it was... We saw it in the theater back in 2015 with Film Club. Mm-hmm. Had that memorable theatrical experience, and for me, it's it stayed with me. You know, I've listened to bits and pieces of the lore yeah. for the past six years at this point. But it's under everybody's radar still. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and it's still. Although, how did you see this uh, aside from Film Club? Uh, video on demand. Video on demand. See, it's on the Criterion collection classy it is so i got that criterion because they are having the criterion buy one get one free sale and i'm like fuck the lure hell yeah yep. right so it comes with all the bells and whistles but again ooh, it's criterion because it's 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 a foreign film and it's fancy and a musical yeah it's it's kind of the perfect encapsulation of i think everything that makes a horror musical cool mm-hmm. because it's music yep it's horror mm-hmm. combine them together and it's fun and it's not like overtly horror. I would put it in musical horror as opposed to a horror musical. Yeah, it's well, mm-hmm. a horror musical would be more like Repo the Genetic Opera. Or Sweeney Todd. Gotcha. You know? Yep. But musical horror, it's 
It's because it's about mermaids, but there's a lot of scenes, not a lot, but enough scenes where the the bloodhounds are going to enjoy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, most definitely. And that's what I'm kind of curious, especially throughout the month, because some of the stuff we're going to touch upon is adjacent, maybe potentially with horror um, genre even. But the music is there. The actors are there. The intent is there. Mm -hmm. And I think the intent definitely was to make us think to um, and that's what went good horror becomes a metaphor for so yeah. many different things. And that's what I think this movie plays well in. Um, other thoughts so far on the lure there, Genius McGee. Mm. I like how they can even control humans with their song. Oh, I like that they brought that mythology and aspect of the sirens because these aren't happy mermaids. No, no. These, these are... Uh, well, and they can, they can, they can enrapt and rapture anyone mm -hmm. as well. Man, woman, shit. Probably, you know, animal at that point. The fact that they can also do that little their little, communications yes, very they cool. not only they have telepathy but they have like dolphin yep. yep communication I like that a lot and especially when they're like pissed off at each other the little sing song like fight that they were having before they both got clocked oh my that whole that whole scene kind of threw me off initially when. I mean, not the same as I can see what the band is coming from, but hey, we know that they just killed some people, and now the police know, and now they're killing the police, so we got to get rid of them. So I think it was kind of like that. Oh, we're not mad at you. Harm! Crunch. Yeah. That, that, the middle sequence of the movie, I think, slows it down just a bit, because I just think between the beginning and the end, the way they're paced works really well. But it worked. It still worked for me mm -hmm. this time. And again, just I just rode with it. So yeah, yeah completely. That's such a bummer, though. <laughs> Fuck. Well, considering I don't know next week's movie, is it a bummer as well? Which one is next week's movie? Oh, my first time. Oh, oh, yeah. No, this movie. This movie. It's yeah. It's a bummer, but it's a great bummer. Okay, that is fair. That is fair. I figure I'm going all over the wavelength this month, uh, because next month. Uh, we're going from Poland back into here to the good old U.S. of A. We're going to get a big old hunk of beef. This is a film I've, I've probably come off on this show saying, I, I've seen that. I guarantee you I have. <laughs> I can't wait. But next week, we are going to be covering Brian De Palma's Phantom of Paradise. I cannot wait for that. Oh, I cannot so good. Wait. I know. So I good. And we will be, of course, you know, looking at the uh, the checklist of musical moments from that film. But let us know what you think of the lure, the soundtrack, the the Blu-ray disc. Uh, if you've rented it, let us know what you think. The Seafoam Heartbreak. Yeah, and let us know what are your some of your favorite horror musicals that we may or may not be talking about in the month of May. Um, I know because, again, I guarantee we're going to leave some off that are going to upset some people. But hopefully we're going to touch upon some that people are going to be ah, glad you're touching that. Mm-hmm. Not like in the fish way. Yeah, don't isolate not, that. Not, that could be really bad. <laughs> I'm glad you're touching that. <laughs> Nightmare junkhead. That's our life. <laughs> that's gonna. That's not gonna make the cover of the Criterion Collection. That is. That is not a pull quote, my friend. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> so until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Yeah.